Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Well, today I'm going to be speaking from the book of Judges. So we're going to be learning about Samson. We, we were in Judges, Judges a few weeks ago learning about uh, Gideon, I believe it was. And this week, we're going to be learning about uh, the story that pertains to Samson. What an interesting story Samson is. I mean, if you get in the book of Judges, you read the book of Judges, you're going to probably find some of the most crazy stories you've ever heard. And you go, I didn't know these stories were in the Bible. I mean, the, some of the craziest stories, probably out of the top 10 crazy stories in the Bible, two or three of them have got to be in Judges. You know, where you're just scratching your head going, what in the world? How did that happen? Why did that happen? Uh, just things, not just miraculous, but just some strange things. And I, I think Samson's a very unusual kind of story. But it starts out here in Judges 13. And by the way, if you want to read this at home, because we're not going to finish today. But if you want to read this at home, uh, it would be a great thing to read and study. You could read Judges 13 through 16 this week. And just think through all that's going on, you know, uh, and w what God's doing there. And you may ask yourself, why would God do that? You know, why would God do this? You know, sometimes th things happen in the Bible that don't seem right. And then we have to really think through it and ask questions. So anyway, we see in Judges 13, verse 1, uh, the children of the Lord did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. Now, why did that happen? The reason why that happened is because sometimes uh, God's people would go in the wrong direction. He didn't want them to be in s servanthood to other nations. He didn't want them to be in bondage. But because their freedom sometimes was, um, what's the right word, not appreciated, God, they began to get into themselves and in, in, into their blessings, God would allow these things to happen. And in their distress, in their difficulty, they would turn back to the Lord. Now, this that, that rhythm that happened so many times should be such a lesson to us today. And we should recognize there's that tendency that we have as a nation and a tendency that we would have as individuals that when we are blessed and when everything's going well, we tend to think everything's okay. We tend to put God on the side. And I haven't really thought of this before, but actually Samson's going to do that in his life. And he's supposed to be the one who's bringing the deliverance. But when everything seems to be going well, you know, we, we tend to put God on the side. We tend to stray from him as a nation and individually. And I, I believe that's happened definitely in our nation. And um, God allows other things to happen. And, and again, it's not because it's not necessarily punishment as much as it is trying to get people to wake up, trying to get people to wake up. And uh, so anyway, so this happened for 40 years. Um, and which means at the end of this time, I believe what has happened, as we learned with Gideon, is the people had begun to repent. They began to pray. They were asking God God, help us. Lord, we're sorry we've turned. God, we're turning back to you. And that's generally what happens. And again, if you look in, in these stories, you'll see that that process of they fall, they repent, they ask God, God restores them. 
So we know that they're, they have repented, they've turned back to the, the Lord, and he's going to deliver them now. So it says this, Now there's a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now, you're barren, you haven't born any children, but now you're going to conceive and bear a son. And then he gives her instructions um, about, you know, don't drink wine, similar drink, don't eat anything unclean, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, so now this is interesting. And it, if you look through this whole first chapter, you're going to recognize, and I'm not going to read every passage, but you'll recognize in there that this is an angel speaking to Manoah's wife, and later he's going to speak to Manoah, but they didn't know it was an angel. So that is very, very interesting. And you ought to think about these kind of little things that you learn in Scripture because they teach us a lot. So in this, in this story about Samson, we're already learning a little bit about angels. We saw this also with Gideon. Do you all remember? An angel appeared to Gideon, and he's talking to him just like he would a man. He, and actually, it's the angel of the Lord representing God himself. And... Um, Gideon doesn't even recognize it. He's talking like he is with a man. And I want to highlight this just for a moment because I think it's important that we understand that angels are actually with us all the time. And that's not just something we just say because it sounds nice. They're literally with us all the time. Hebrews 13.2 says this, Don't neglect to be hospitable to strangers because some people have shown hospitality to angels and they didn't even realize it. So um, he's saying here, be nice, be hospitable, reach out to others, be gracious. Um, because in doing that, you also might even <laughs> minister to angels. And that particular story reminded, uh, you know, verse reminded me of a story I heard not too long ago. Where this couple, um, you know, they were wanting, you know, they're they are ministering to people a lot all the time, and they saw this fellow um, somewhere, and he was crippled, or or I don't know if he had crutches or whatever he had, but he was a, a like not a like a older guy, and um, so they felt pulled to go minister to him, uh, maybe see if he had any needs, money or whatnot, and. He shared he had, you know, or they, well, anyway, to make a long story short, they ended up praying for him. They're going to pray for his back or anything that might be sick. And uh, they had asked him, do you mind if we pray for you? And so when, he fin when they finished ministering to this guy, encouraging him, blessing him, he says, can I pray for you? And they said, sure. And they said, when he prayed for us, it was phenomenal. The things he said what he spoke into our lives, we were blown away and it was completely unexpected. We were like, wow, we came over here and you were the one who blessed us. And um, they, they, after they left, they'd gone a little way and they said they turned back to like to say something or to waver and he was gone. And they were like, wow. And there was no place he could have gone to. They were like, where'd that guy go? Where is he? <laughs> and so they're like, that had to be an angel. 
I mean, there's no other explanation. And I, I think that's an interesting story because they felt compelled to reach out to this guy. He came in a form that almost would compel someone, if they have the right heart, to want to bless him. And so they, they go and do that. And, and when that happens, he blesses them back. But, but again, what if, what if they had just ignored that? Anyway, Paul's, Paul's saying, be hospitable to others. And this is just an example, but what it shows is God's in the hospitality, right? God's into us ministering like that uh, to other people because he blesses that back. And if it happens to be an angel, you're probably going to get blessed back right then, okay? I just want to say this too. I, I believe we've probably, many of us had encounters with angels. I know I have. The first time I was aware of being in, uh, of, an, of an angel was... Um, um, I've shared this story before, but uh, I'd been saved for like a year. And uh, man, I'd pray all the time and seeking the Lord and pressing into God and wanting to hear God and wanting to experience God. And I, I remember going to bed one night and I felt on the inside of me like get up at four o'clock to pray. And I didn't want to get up at four o'clock to pray. And I said this, God, I don't know if that's me being super religious I don't know if that's me, you know, or if that's you. So if you want me to get up at four o'clock, um, you wake me up at four o'clock. <laughs> that's what I said. I'm just going to write. I should have just been willing to get up at four. Okay. So in the morning. Okay. Now I'm in college and I, w I had a bed and I don't remember why at the time. Now I had roommates. And I don't know if the, my roommate hadn't gotten his bed in or what, but he was on the other side of the room, like on a cot on the floor, right? But anyway, I'm sleeping this that morning, and I get shaken, like violently, so to speak, like 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 that. And immediately, just like that, I'm upset at my roommate. Right? I'm upset at my roommate, thinking, "What's he doing?" And I turn around like that to go, "What are you doing?" And he's on the other side of the room asleep. And I go, I go, and I look at my clock and it's exactly four. It was one of those digital things that had the, the thing that flips like that. If y'all remember? And it was four, zero, zero. And I'm, and I go, wow, that had to be an angel. And I knew it was an angel anyway. Uh, but, but it's sort of like, it was like, amazed by it but i believe angels are around us all the time ministering to us in ways we don't even know about and i've had other encounters but anyway that that's one of the most dramatic ones i've had um but i want to encourage you angels are around us all the time ministers are helping us getting involved in our lives in some way it's just interesting to know that's how god does things god doesn't just always do it he sends angels many times to do what he wants to do. And they, they work alongside us here somehow. Okay, and this angel, what does this angel do? He, he tells her, you're barren. <laughs> you know, y'all ever hear about people get upset and say, hey, that prophet gave somebody a word. I don't know why he told them that word. They already know that. I have a friend, his, uh, his mother was Mrs. Baird. Y'all ever hear Mrs. Baird's bread? His mother was the Mrs. Baird. And uh, he was a prophetic meeting, in a prophetic meeting, and the 
a, a prophet who was a very gifted man looked at him and he said, your name is, and he told him his name. And he said, but you spell it with so, such and such many letters. Which he didn't spell his name like everybody else. And he told him his first name. And everybody, you could go, he already knows his first name and he knows how to spell his name. Why would that matter to anybody? Why would God tell that to him? Well, it got his attention, but he told me, he said, that impacted me so much because everybody always knows me by my last name. That's what's important to them. And somehow that God, I know God knows my name, but when he said my first name, it was so personal to me. Anyway, I'm just saying it's interesting how God can say certain things. And he says, he says through this woman, you're barren. She already knows she's barren, right? And he's bringing it to her attention. But why does he start out saying this? I just, I just want to say he's, what he's doing is he's highlighting an issue in her heart. And he's speaking to something that's there. I believe if any random person would come to anybody here, and, you know, particularly somebody that's got two or three children, Let's say an angel were, you know, were to come to anybody with two or three children and say, um, you're going to, you know, you're going to. No, I'm sorry. Let me back up. Let's say it's not an angel. It's a man. And, it's, and let's just say you don't know if it's God or not. We're, that's not even the point. And he says, you're going to have a you're going to have a baby. And just says that you might you probably go. That person's crazy. I wonder if that person could be right. But if it's if it's what you're dealing with, if you're thinking about it all the time, if you're concerned about, I've never had a baby. I've been wanting to have a baby. And somebody that you don't know comes up to you and says, you're barren. You haven't been able to have children, but you're going to have a child. That's the issue of your heart. You know God just spoke to you. Are y'all, y'all see what I'm saying? Because the person spoke to the issue of your heart. Man, and that's exactly what God loves to do. God loves to speak to the issues of our hearts. It says this in um, 1 Corinthians 14. When people come to church and everybody's prophesying, it says that the secrets of their heart will be revealed. Now, some people would say, oh, that means their secret sins are going to be revealed. No, not necessarily, not, not really at all necessarily. Whatever is the issue of their heart, God is going to speak to that issue. Man, do y'all see that? In fact, as the church body here, I want you to begin to get that as part of your vision. When people come, part of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ when they come to church, when the presence of God is here and the prophetic is ministering, is to speak to the secrets of their heart that nobody knows. And it says when that happens, this is in 1 Corinthians 14, the secrets of their hearts have been spoken to, exposed or whatever, revealed. They are going to say, God is here. You see what I mean? So my point is, this angel spoke right to that and boom, she knew it was God. And, and again, I, I want to veer off on this a little bit. 
And I want to make this personal toward you. I believe we all have issues of the heart, different things. Um, it might be dreams that we have. Uh, some of them may be unfulfilled. It might be struggles that we have that we've been struggling with. Maybe, maybe they're long-term struggles we've had. We might have some disappointments in life. We might have been through some things that have been very hurtful. Um, we, we might have been so disappointed at certain things. And I just want to encourage you because God wants to speak to those areas of your heart. He so desires that. Now we see he comes to church when people come to church and God's there. That's like an opportunity for that to happen. Now, Jesus spoke to one woman, and, and uh, if y'all remember this, he met this woman. He didn't know who she was. He says, you've had five husbands, and the one you're living with right now is not your husband. Again, the woman could have said, I already know that. Why'd you tell me that? I know I've had five, <laughs> right? It's the issue of her life. He spoke right to the very thing that was the issue of her life. And then he gave her the answer. We don't know the whole conversation. We just have a snippet. But we see what Jesus said to her. He brought her toward worship. He said, you know what? You're, you're running after all of that. But what you need is worship. And he turns her toward God and was pretty much saying, God wants to have a relationship with you. And it's available even right now. She is, a, she is so excited. God has spoken to the issue. Do y'all see that? This was the issue of her heart. When she runs, you know what she told these people? He told, he, she, she goes, he told me everything I ever did. Well, that wasn't true, was it? But that's the way it felt to her. Because it was the issue that defined her life. He spoke right to it. And he set her free. He gave her the answer. Hebrews 4, 4, 15 says this. Jesus is greatly moved by our weaknesses, our frailties, and our needs. Therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace for help. Come boldly. What he's saying is you can approach God for help in whatever issue you have where you have weakness. Now, particularly sin. Do you, are you wrestling with sin? God says, come. Jesus understands. He's not going to be upset at you. Are you wrestling with something? Jesus can help you. He says, come to the throne of grace. That means you come to God, you pray, and you ask for help. Have you got some issues on the inside of you? You need grace from the throne of God so that your heart can be healed so that your thoughts can be healed, so that your memories can be healed. Let me just say, God wants to speak to those things. And one of the best ways for that to happen in prayer, because most of the time, I wish, I wish God would just talk to us audibly all the time. I wish He'd send the angel to us and talk to us all the time, but He doesn't. But if you would begin to bring your issues before God, just like he dealt with Manoah's wife's issues, God will speak into your issues and God will deliver you 
from the pain that's on the inside of you. Now, I want to take just a moment here because I bet 90% of us here today online or here have pain on the inside. And I call this emotional pain. So I, I just want to step away from what we normally would do just for a minute. And I, I just want to explain how to receive emotional healing. And um, I, this is so important, but it's so simple. It's so simple. And I, I do believe some people, I mean, it might take working through. You might have more than one issue that just starts popping up over days. But you need to start the process. And and look, Jesus ministered to that woman. She was changed that day. I mean, it, it happened that day. And so I believe God will do something if you need this. Now, um, and, and again, I would almost bet 90% of us need this today. So what's emotional healing? On the inside, you realize there's a pain somewhere. You think about something. It, you feel the pain on the inside of your heart. You have a memory. You feel the pain. You feel the weight of it, right? Um, so it's sort of like touching a sore spot. Maybe you don't even want to go there because uh, that brings pain. What you need to do is not run away from that. Look, Jesus didn't ignore that. Jesus didn't say, you know what? That's a painful issue in that woman's life. I'm just not even going to go there. No, he, he goes straight there. OK, so don't ignore it. And honestly, most of the time, these are issues. If you've had it for a while, you might be putting it under a rock, you know, and hoping that nobody will ever move that rock. You bury it as deep as you can. But. But Jesus wants you to identify it. He wants you to be honest with it and bring it to him and talk to him about it. So, so first of all, you recognize that pain and be honest and just say, God, I have a pain about this situation. I have a pain about what happened. I have a pain about this event. And this is what I feel. Just be honest and tell God in prayer. I am telling you, he said that there's grace in prayer, and this absolutely works. Okay, now, before I go to the next step, I, I do want to say if there's, if there's sin involved, let's say you did something you shouldn't have done and you feel guilty about it, of course you need to ask God to forgive you. God, forgive me for that. Um, and repent. Don't, don't be living like that anymore. But if you've asked God to forgive you, you need to let go of it. Um, holding on to guilt is something that will cause that thing to stay alive on the inside of you, right? God says if you'll confess your sins, he'll cleanse you of sin and all of the stuff that came with it. And what's he going to do? He's going to make your heart new. He's going to restore your heart. So if there's sin involved, if you haven't confessed it before God, do it already. But stop wallowing in guilt. That's not of God. If the Bible says he's faithful to forgive your sins, you have to believe it. For you to wallow in guilt over and over and over and confess that thing over and over and over is just the devil taking advantage of you if you've already repented. Are y'all with me? You see, he's making that thing stay alive in you. 
You need to, by faith, remember. John said this for a reason. If we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. He, because many times people don't really believe that's happened. Did, has God really forgiven me? Yes. If you've repented and you just said, God, I'm sorry. Even if you're like, Lord, help me to have perfect repentance. Maybe you go, have I perfectly repented? Do your best and just don't go back to it, right? And if you go back to it and fall, he'll forgive you again, right? But don't do don't pray thinking I'm going to go back to it because that's not repentance. Anyway, repent. Ask God to forgive you, confess it and move on. Now, if somebody did you wrong, sometimes that's another reason why people get stuck right there. Um, so they'll have a pain and somebody did them wrong and they haven't, you know, they're still bitter about it. You can't get healing from God until you have forgiven those that have done you wrong. You're still going to feel the pain. Now, you get the privilege, if you want to call it that, of holding that bitterness against somebody. But you're the one being damaged by it. You're not even damaging the person you're upset at. It's the craziest thing. So forgive that person. Let it go. Amen. Let it go. If you let it go, God's going to be faithful. And he'll heal you. And then... And then just simply, and I'm going to just hit the little outline in a minute. Ask God to take away the pain. Okay, so what are you doing here? You're identifying a pain. God, you know I have a pain in this area of my heart. And it's because of this, or it's, I, you know, I feel shame. I feel pain about what happened there. God, if you can identify the name, do it. If you, if you can say exactly what it is. This, but you might not be able to do that. You can just associate it with a, an, an event, a, something that happened. Just bring it before God, God and tell him, God, I have pain with this. It's an emotional wound. I'm asking you, Lord, please take that pain away. That's it. That's it. All right. Now, I just want to pray. We're just going to take a minute and just pray. Because um, I, I just want all of you to have the opportunity to do this. And um, again, I'll, I'll share something in just a minute after we pray uh, to go to like the next step. Okay, so if you would just close your eyes. And I just want you to think all of us here this morning. Uh, man, what's that pain in your life? Uh, you know, something that triggers on the inside of you. Um, something that. You know, every time you have a memory, whatever, just identify that. Think about it just for a moment. And don't be afraid to go there. Don't be afraid. I know it might be hurtful, but Jesus is, is with you. He's here. Now, if you need to forgive yourself for something you've done, forgive yourself. If you need to... Forgive somebody else. Forgive them. Just bring that thing before your your mind. If something somebody did something to you in that memory that you're having, I want you to forgive them right now. You know, you can just whisper that to God. God, I just forgive that person. Just name them. I forgive that person. 
If you need to say, God, I forgive me for what I did. You know, I've already asked God to forgive you, but now I want you to say, Lord, I'm just letting go of that. I'm forgiving me for what I did. Just say that to God. Just let it go. Just let it go. And now just ask God. Say, God, I'm just asking you, take this pain away from my heart. Please remove it. You see the pain there. Man, I just I really sense God here this morning. God's there to really help you and to heal you today. Lord, you see this pain. You see this. Lord, I'm asking you to take it away and heal my heart now. And just give it to Him. Just give it to Him. So, Father, we thank You for that. We thank You, O oh God. Now, I believe God has started something already with many people this morning, but I want to encourage you throughout this week, uh, maybe this, may, I mean, there might be more that needs to get done. It, this might have been one thread where God started something, and it might be something much more in depth that requires more than a minute of what we just did. But don't linger in this. No, God wants to heal you. It's all through the scriptures. And if you'll come to God, the grace is going to be there. And don't stop coming until you get that thing healed. Amen? Amen. Okay. Well, let's just let's move on here. Um, I like this story here. Uh, so th this is interesting. The angel has met with Manoah's wife. And I don't think the Bible ever tells us her name. It just always calls her Manoah's wife. Um, he's met with her. And he's like, hey, why'd he come to you? He didn't tell me, you know, so he's like, uh, I want to see him. And so he comes, Andrew meets with Manoah's wife again. And she goes, hold on a minute. Of course, she thinks it's a man. She's like, hold on a minute. My husband wanted to talk to you. So she goes and gets her husband. And then her husband says, um, hey, are you the man who spoke to this, to this woman? His wife. And he goes, I am. Manoah said, now let your words come to pass. What will the boy's rule of life be? And what will his work be? You see, what Manoah's doing here is what all of us want to do. All right? You see what's happened? He's heard this now for himself. He wants to get exact directions on how to get to where he thinks he's supposed to get. You, do you see that? That's the way particularly men are wired. I mean, if you know you're supposed to be something, do something, you want to get the steps to get there. So what he's doing, he's going, how's he going to get there? <laughs> What's he supposed to be doing? What's his work? And then he goes, uh, what I told the woman, make sure that gets done. <laughs> which is a funny thing. And what's, what did he tell her? It was pretty much consecrate yourself because this actually was, this whole thing's coming out of consecration. And, and Samson was going to be a Nazarite, one who's supposed to be consecrated to the Lord, which is demonstrated through outward signs of what should be an inward heart thing, which uh, we'll get into the outward signs later. But anyway, he's pretty much saying the way to get there it's consecration. Now, I just want to say this pattern 
is so God. It's everywhere. You see this all the time. God gives a dream. God gives a vision of something. And, you know, God's saying something's supposed to happen. And as you begin to follow the Lord, you start to get those dreams. God will give you literal dreams at night. And you know God spoke to you. Uh, God will give you prophetic words through people sometimes. And you go, wow, I know that's the Lord. And what do we want to know? God, when's it going to happen? How are we going to get there? What am I supposed to do next? And sometimes we just start thinking about that. And God tells us the same thing he's been telling people for generations and generations. The way to get there, stay close to me. Believe in me. Rest. Trust. <laughs> That's pretty much what he's telling them, right? Just do what I've told y'all to do so far. You know what? You can't make what God wants to happen happen. But we always try, don't we? I mean, since the beginning, we try. You remember what happened with Abraham? He's walking with God just the way he's supposed to, but he and Sarah talking, hey, how are we supposed to get there? We're probably not doing something right. And what does he do? He messes up and he ends up with Hagar and they have an Ishmael because he was too antsy about getting there. He's got to make it happen. God says, walk with me, trust me, rest. It's going to happen, and I'm going to make it happen when it's time. Man, that's a big relief to me. I don't have to make it happen. I just have to be faithful. I just have to stay connected. And I am telling you, my flesh sometimes wants to go make it happen. But I tell you, I'm not saying that we're not supposed to be responsible when God leads us to something. But I'm just saying there are times when that hasn't happened yet. We need to just be faithful. And what God's doing is teaching you to rest, to trust, to stay connected this way with God, you and God. And God says, if you'll do this at the right time, I'm going to bring you right into that thing you're supposed to be doing, exactly what I created you for. I'm able to do it. Stop looking to you and how you can make it happen. That's the first thing you need to do. Before you do a lot of work, you've got to learn I'm the one that makes it happen. You know, you're a lot qualified, a lot more qualified to work and to do for the Lord once you realize that he's the one that makes everything happen. And so the first thing you got to do is learn to wait, learn to trust. Now, I do fully believe there's a really wonderful season coming. I believe there's so many people that have had promises spoken to them. There are things getting ready to happen and God's getting ready to pour out his spirit. And when God pours out his spirit, it's going to bring so many amazing things to pass. Look, and, look at what happened here. This is a great example. This story is in Judges 14, beginning in verse 5, it says this. So, Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, to his surprise, I like that word being there. A young lion, lion came roaring at him. You know, a lion roars, he wants to petrify his prey, make him scared. I mean, a lion, man, that roar is loud. And, um, 
Anyway, this lion roared. What was he wanting to do? Have him for lunch, right? He wanted to devour him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he tore the lion apart. Now the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Samson. And he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat. Though he had nothing in his hand, but he didn't tell his father or mother what he'd done. You know, um, a lot of people think Samson, like if you have a picture of Samson in your mind, what do you, what comes to mind? Do you see a big guy with a lot of muscles? That's what most people have in their minds. That is not so whatsoever, right? Now, honestly, I believe that um, Sam, Samson's parents were probably trying to figure out what Samson was going to do in life. And maybe they were trying to prepare him. They were thinking through it. Uh, I can tell you, this never came to mind. This never came to mind. They weren't prepared for this. He wasn't prepared for this. They did not have him in the weight room. Hey, hey, he's going to be, we need to get him in the weight room right now. You know what he's going, God's going to call him to do. Hey, come on now, get him a membership down the street because if he's called to do this, we need to get him ready. This never came to mind at all. They weren't thinking about this, right? And what happens? The Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit, which is getting ready to happen in a major way. The Holy Spirit comes. The Spirit of God ignites the gift of God in Samson. And I will say, when the Holy Spirit outpouring increases, it's already begun some. Do you not at least feel the drizzle? You know what I'm saying? You begin to see God moving. People are beginning to be saved in little pockets of America. It is amazing what's going on. But as the outpouring happens, it's going to ignite gifts people never knew were there. There are going to be people doing things for God they could have never imagined they would have done before and the Spirit of the Lord is going to do it. It's going to ignite gifts. It's going to empower. This literally gave Samson power. He was probably a scrawny little boy, right? But I just, in my mind, I think Samson was probably skinny because God would have just loved to have taken a skinny boy and used him to do this kind of stuff, right? I bet everybody would look at him and go, there's no way. There's no way. They knew it was God. They weren't thinking, oh, his muscles are amazing. No, they're going, how's that skinny boy fight like that? That's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but anyway, the Holy Spirit is going to empower us to do things we could never do. Now, when the Holy Spirit fell the day of Pentecost, Jesus said, you're going to receive Power. And that word comes from the same word that the word dynamite comes from. That's the kind of power we're going to have. And I'm not saying we don't have it. I'm just saying I believe it's going to come in a much greater dimension in this hour and the hour to come, which we're here. 
I mean, I believe we're at the beginnings of this. And it makes the what clear. You know, when the Holy Spirit falls, you remember Manoah's like, what's he going to do? Samson's probably going around in life. You know, maybe he's picked on at school. You know, who knows what? And, and uh, they can't figure out. I bet they're scratching their heads going, what can he do? What's he good at? I don't know. He's not really good at anything like stand out or anything. You know, he's probably scratching his head. You know, what in the world am I going to do? You know, what am I gifted at? I don't have anything special. You know, uh, I'm not great in school. I'm not that smart. You know, it's obvious later he wasn't too smart, right? But, um, but you see, when the Holy Spirit comes in a greater dimension, he begins to make what more clear. You see in part. We know in part. We get glimpses of things. But when the Holy Spirit comes, then we go, oh, this is that. That God was talking about. You remember when the Holy Spirit fell? Peter was preaching and he said, look, guys, this is that that God has been talking about. And I believe that's going to happen when the Holy Spirit falls. We're going to go, oh, this is what it was. Oh, this is what God was talking about. It's going to make a whole bunch more sense when that happens. And I want to say it's going to be so unique. Uh, God does have a way of surprising us. You know, if you read the, um, Hebrews 11, which is like the chapter of faith, right? In the, in, the old, in the New Testament, it's about one faith, one guy and his faith, this happened. Another guy, he used his faith and this happened. Another guy had this kind of trial. And everybody's story was different. Every faith situation was different. So every situation in our lives is different. And I just want to say this move of God that we're getting ready to experience, I believe is going to be so unusual, so unique. You can learn from those that have that have happened in the past. But I believe this is going to be amazingly unique and surprising. And I am excited about it. I'm so excited about it, even as I'm talking. I believe it's just like Holy Spirit joy on the inside of me. God is like, man, Get excited about this because there's excitement in God. I'm saying the word excitement, but I'm talking joy and some kind of exuberance for God and what's getting ready to happen because God's got things in store for us that have not even come into our minds. He's not even let us dream about them. He's hidden certain things and it, he just loves to have surprises. He surprised Samson that day. Man, and look how he got into things. You know how that happened? It happened at a need. And so many times things can happen just like that. And you enter into something you've never done before because of a situation. He wasn't even thinking about it. Boom, he ripped up that lion like, like that. Now, what happens when, when the Holy Spirit came upon him? We saw the things I just mentioned. And in addition to that, guess what? A lion comes, roars at him. What does he do? He tears the thing apart. What is that representing? That is saying when the Holy Spirit is poured out that the lion, which is your enemy, it says, it says in the New Testament, your enemy, your adversary, who is Satan, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's a really close picture to what was happening right here, right? He was seeking whom he may devour. But guess what happened at this situation with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Samson's life, he took that demonic thing and ripped it to pieces. He tore the enemy to pieces. 
I believe this is a sign that there's going to be an amazing advancing of the kingdom of God and a breaking down of demonic strongholds because of the Spirit of God. Wherever the Spirit of God goes, it, there is liberty. That means freedom. Doesn't the Bible say that? Amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. It's very contrary to bondage, to slavery, to sin, to whatever. The Spirit of God is freedom. And every place where the Spirit of God is strong and intense, there's going to be freedom. There are going to be people getting set free from demons, from bondage, from crazy things. It's just going to be amazing what we see in that hour. And one thing that's going to happen, the lights are going to come on. The lights are going to come on. Amen. You ever talk to somebody, you can even be talking to a Christian, talking about God, you know, and you just look at them and you go, you know what? The light just hadn't come on yet. There are no lights in there. God hadn't been ignited. I want to tell you something. When the Holy Spirit's poured out, God's going to go past barriers and the light's going to start coming on. You're going to see people start getting lit up. Somebody, I had a birthday the other day and somebody bought me these cards not realizing what it said on the bottom that what it meant. And it said something like, it's time to get lit or something like that. Of course, people were reading it and laughing because the person who bought it didn't know what it meant. <laughs> didn't know what it meant. <laughs> like you just had a birthday, it's time to get lit. Well, I tell you what, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, people are going to get lit, lit up with the light of God. It's going it's to be amazing. Now, one question, I'll, I'll try to hit one more little point here. One question that when I, when I read about Samuel, particularly in the past, that book bothered me. And, or excuse me, that story bothered me because I would say, why did God use Samson? Anybody ever ask that question? Why did God anoint Samson? You know, sometimes God will use people in, in life that honestly, I don't respect very much. But I go, okay. God can do what God wants to do. I just have to recognize that. Amen. If I were to look through history, I could pick out some popular names and I know some things of their history. I'm going, why did God use that person? I don't even have answers to all those questions, but I do have a possible answer for why God used Samson. And for those of you who are wondering what I'm talking about, Samson really, really messed up in life. I mean, he was one of the most fleshy, um, immature, ungodly leaders ever. And God called him to be the judge of Israel at that time. And the judge isn't just like, you know, over, you know, judging cases there of Israel. He's to bring deliverance. He's like the highest place, highest position in the land. They didn't have kings yet. Anyway, the reason why I believe God called Samson wasn't because of Samson. It was because of his mother. <laughs> his mother was dedicated. His mother was consecrated. His mother did what she was supposed to do perfectly. She obeyed the, the uh, instructions that she was given. And, um, you know, uh, I believe that's exactly why. Because what happened? Samson was called before he was even born. Do y'all see that? came because of his mother. His mother prayed for, to God. 
she dedicated him to the Lord anyway. And God goes, okay, I've heard your prayer. Now, let me just say, you, you know, this has happened many times before, right? You remember Hannah? Hannah was praying. Hannah's like, oh God, oh God, give me a child. I dedicate him to you. Hannah was barren, couldn't have any children. She prayed that prayer and she said she knew God answered her prayer. She had a son named Samuel and he was dedicated to the Lord. She even brought him to the temple because she knew the reason why Samuel was born was because of her prayer. That's really powerful. John the Baptist, I believe the same thing happened there. I won't get into that. I've shared that at Christmas time. But um, th there's this situation where people can pray, parents can pray, and their children can be dedicated to the Lord because of that. That's really amazing to me. Really, really amazing. Now, you can say, yeah, but Samuel got off course. Well, yes, I don't understand why he got off course, but guess what? He ended back on course, and he ended back up in Hebrews 11, where he is considered a hero of the faith. He messed up in the middle, but he ended up getting back on track. Amen. Now, I do, I, I do want to just highlight this point. I believe a lot of people are blessed today because their parents prayed for them or somebody prayed for them. I want to encourage you, all of you parents, you pray and dedicate your children to God and to the service of God and what God wants to do and watch what God would do. Do that with your heart. Now, you can bring your child to service and whatnot, and I think that's a good thing, but you and your husband, your wife, bring your children before God and present them before God and just de dedicate them. And even before you have children, all these people, they dedicated their child before they even were had conceived. Think about that. <laughs> I just would, uh, you know what? Uh, just pray, dedicate your children to the Lord. Watch what God would do. Now, I just say this too. Some of you might be thinking, well, I didn't have godly parents. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't dedicated to the Lord. And that's why I have my problems. Let me just tell you, God will use people from whatever backgrounds. Uh, we're, and you know what? You're going to learn and you're going to break the curse off of your family line and you're going to bring blessing into your family line. But guess what? You're making headways. If, if you're like the first one to get saved or to be serious about God, that's an amazing thing. You've already had a breakthrough, you see, and you're going to bring that on down your line to, to your descendant. Praise God for that. Amen. You're going to bring blessing to them. But let me just say that. Say this. You know, there are so many stories. I was reading. I was thinking about James Maloney the other day. This guy had the craziest family. He was born. A, a, his, his mom was a teen mom. His dad was a random guy. And the mother, his mother's husband was a extremely violent, angry man in jail. So in other words, the husband's in jail. She's a young teen. She gets pregnant with somebody else while her husband's in jail. It's James Maloney. James says her, his mom's husband came home, beat him silly, threw him up against the wall. He was so poorly taken care of. I mean, his story makes you so sad. He was suicidal. They finally got him out of there. He was he was suicidal even at 14 because all that stuff was in him. But the, I, I just bring that up to go, you know, you look at something like that. And this guy, 
he ended up having an amazing miracle ministry. I mean, if you read about some of the things God did in his life, and I went to go hear him preach one time. He's one of the most humble people. But he had this thing happen. He was in the store one time, and a lady goes, you're the one. And he said, what? You're the one. Here he is. He's been dealing with all these issues in his life. And as he came to the Lord, actually what happened, and God began to heal him, change him, and, it, and, and really transform him. He was so in love with God, but hardly knew anything because he didn't come out of that kind of culture, didn't have that kind of background. And a woman goes, you're the one, you're the one. And he goes, what are you talking about? And he said, well, that was sort of strange. And this is in California. And like two or three weeks later, a guy goes, hey, there's a great prayer meeting. Let me take you to this little prayer meeting. And he goes to the, the random place <clears throat> somewhere at this woman's house. And they go there, and it's this woman and her prayer team. Anyway, to make a long story short, they prayed all the time. And uh, they had, and um, I'm making this story really short, but um, they had been led that there was going to be someone that they were going to lay hands on uh, to have an anointing to do a particular thing because of their prayers. And I just want to say, most of the people that have a ministry, it's it's not just because of their prayers. We can have dedication. Isaiah said this, and listen, everybody, Isaiah said, Lord, send me. If you have that heart and you say, Lord, send me, God will listen. And Paul said to Timothy, if you want God to use you, cleanse yourself from things, dedicate yourself to the Lord, consecrate yourself, because then you're a vessel God will use. You see, Samson was used one way. He wasn't that kind of vessel. But God, did pray, and I don't, I don't know that God would have chosen him that way. Do y'all see what I'm saying? But you see, a, a different way to look at this is, Yes, but if you consecrate yourself to the Lord and you say, God, I want to be used, God will use you. Amen. And God can use you in what's getting ready to happen. You can be in part of this amazing, miraculous outpouring of the Holy Spirit we're all going to be experiencing. I believe God's already stirring people to be a part of that. So I'll just stop here. But could everybody, we just stand. And if you're at home sitting down, sort of half asleep, you make sure you stand right now. And uh, just receive this prayer. I, I just, if you want, first of all, if you want God to use you, and um, you want you want the Holy Spirit to um, use you how He wants, and you want you you have a desire that God use you. You know that's not selfish. That's that'd be crazy to say it's selfish, um, and, unless you don't understand what it means. But um, if you have that desire. I just want you to bring that before God right now um, and, uh, and ask God. In fact, why don't, why don't you all just pray this prayer after me? Father, I really want to please you. And I want you to use me to serve you for kingdom things, to expand the kingdom. I want to be right up into all of that kind of stuff. So, Father, I pray today, like Isaiah did, Lord, send me. Lord, here I am. I don't know what you've got in store. I don't know what's coming. But I'm telling you today, here I am for whatever you want to do. I'm a vessel for you, God. For your glory in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I separate myself from things of this world. I dedicate myself to you so that I'll be a vessel that's ready 
for you to use however you want to use. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray this week would be a great week of visitation. A great week of visitation. Let every person here and every person uh, that's online experience the presence of God. I believe this is going to happen. If you want this, I'm telling you, connect in faith with what I'm praying. Lord, let every person experience an increase of the presence of God in their home, in their life, over their minds, over their bodies. Lord, their presence with them. Lord, let it be like that abiding presence that would sit upon them. Father, I pray this week there be an increase of communication from God, of, of dreams, of vision, of, of um, understanding of the Word of God. Lord, I pray uh, for those that need to get their steps ordered aright, God, that, that you would line things up, line steps up, put people where they need to be. Father, I ask now for those who need to let go of some things and add some other things and, and, and so that their lives will begin to, to work like clockwork in the Lord, flowing with God. Lord, I just pray for that. And God, I pray that each person would walk close to you and just walk in peace, waiting, expecting, pulling on, pulling on God, but knowing the days of blessings are coming. They're even nigh at hand. They're even right here. And we thank you for this now. In Jesus' name, amen.